AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. 
What do you mean you shouldn't do anything at full, full throttle? Have you never made love at full throttle? But you, you, you can't sustain it. It's unsustainable. It's a bit like Tottenham season. You can't keep going 58 games at 100 miles an hour. It just all falls to shit. Yeah, we, we, we have, we've done 20% of our games at full, uh, full, full mile, 100 miles an hour. Um, and now we're dead. And now we're dead. Uh, Buddy, uh, this has been the first time you've been on the podcast since February. Yeah. And it's wonderful to have you back. Um, I do feel like a little bit let down by you. I've got to be <laughs> Why, what have I done? Well, you haven't done anything. It's just like, like, when, like, you joined the fighting cock, you were part of the fighting cock, and then, I don't know, Wendy flash bats his eyelids at you, and then you're just gone. Just like to talk about football without being called a, a nonce. I'm not even a stat nonce. Like, over there. <laughs> Over there, I'm like the fighting cock. So <laughs> when I come over here and I'm back to being the stat nonce, we're, we're over there, I'm like real man football. I'm the one that grounds the extra inch into the common man, whereas here I'm, I'm the professor. Um, how's, how, how's it been like through this season, um, you know, <laughs> talking about football on an extra inch level? Uh, you know, uh, has, has it been all right? Because I know you, you're a big proponent for Jose Mourinho, as was I for, for a large part of this season. Yeah, it's been difficult because every time we did well, I had uh, Wendy and Nathan making snide remarks, and every time we did bad, they made snide remarks. So it, it's been me, <laughs> it's been it's been me and Reddit versus them. So um, it's do been you, tough. Do you ever? What do you mean by me and Reddit? What does that mean? Well, Reddit was very pro Jose. They were very my manager along with me, and um, it was quite funny to see them go after Wendy and Nathan and. <laughs> All my I assembled all my alt accounts and went after the two of them. Was it like Avengers Assemble? It was great until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> until Zagreb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that was the one, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, up until that point, you're like you're looking back at results we've had this season. Been fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're all right. It's not it's not going that well, but we're, we're, you know we're we're chugging along. And then we lose to Arsenal and Zagreb in the same week, and you're like, yeah. how do you defend it? You can't. That's it. That was the. That was the end. Zagreb was the end of Joe. So he should have. He should have walked that night. Uh, John Bass, how you doing, mate? All right, mate. Not bad. I, I must admit, I've um, I've also been impressed with um, Bardi's prowess in terms of being able to survive that long on that hill. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? My manager. I used to listen every week, just going, "This will be the week." Okay, this will be, this will be it. And I've just been amazed. Like I know, I was like. Yeah, wow. Okay, this is good. this is great. Um, you know, there was there was there was a few moments where it was like he's gonna go, he's gonna go, and then I'd, he'd catch himself and it would be fine. Um, but it was a good effort, mate. You, you stuck with it, I think, a, a lot longer under a lot of pressure. Like two against one, as anyone who's been to school, two against one is usually the rule, isn't it? And mm -hmm. you survived that quite well, so it's impressive. Buddy, did you actually believe what you were saying? Like in terms of Jose, did you actually believe, or are you just being reactive? Like you just you, you get on the back foot, you 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 know. You've you've put your what's it colours to the wall or whatever it is. No, colours to the, the mast. mast. Colours to the mast, right? You've you've done that, right? Mm. Uh, uh, what what? How much of your love for Jose or, or um, admiration or belief in what he can do at Spurs was genuine, and how much of it was just being reactive to not just not just um, Wendy and, and Nathan, but also 
you know, in the WhatsApp group, like how much of it was that you just felt like, fuck it, I'm backing him no matter what happens? Um, at the start, I genuinely believed that he could do something with this squad. And I was fully on board with him. And I was fully on board with um, low block and counter. Park the bus, hit him on the counter. Kane, chip it over to Sun. I was fully on board with that. It worked. I it worked for a while. Yeah. And I would have been in for 38 league games when us winning 1-0 and playing the worst football ever, but winning the league. I would have been on board for that. <laughs> oh, we all would. And yeah, but no, well, you'd be surprised. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess around Christmas I started to get nervous. And then, but the, the thing is, even with Jose in those moments, we would have a shit result. Then something would happen, and Bale all of a sudden Bale started scoring goals, and you're thinking, oh, okay, here we we've got it now. He's got it back, and he's got to change. And then it started to get worse and worse. <laughs> and like I said, Zagreb was the point where I was just like, I have to get off this hill because I can't, I can't survive up it. But then even after Zagreb, I think we won a league game and I was just like, oh, I edged back up. But a lot of it, I think, in, in March time was just me being stubborn. You know what I'm like, Flav. I, I will keep going and keep going. No, I know. And, and I, know. Hope. And I, yeah. I appreciate it as well. And I, I, was, I was in the same situation. Even after Zagreb, I was still thinking, yeah, he's, this is fine. Hmm. <laughs> this, this is all fine. But it comes to a point where you realise you're wrong. And it doesn't mean that, you know, during the last 17 months that we were wrong about backing Jose Mourinho I think we were right to back mm-hmm. him you know he, he, there were moments where you thought and I will go back to something I've said over and over again for four weekends in a Premier League season Tottenham Hotspur were top of the league so there was yeah. nothing wrong with backing Jose Mourinho at that point now I feel like people that hated him were going to hate him from the beginning and yeah. it didn't matter whether we were top of the league eighth 20th challenging for a top four place right now they wanted him out because the football was so dull and it was it was it was fucking boring but I was with you buddy about sort of saying you know if we can if we can bore our way to a league title I'd take it why but wouldn't the, you why wouldn't the thing is the thing is I couldn't I couldn't do a whole season but there's enough shit going on in the world and of course, Jose Mourinho, it was never going to work out long term at Tottenham. It was always going to end up in the clusterfuck. I was just hoping because I can't really take a position which is alternative to that. I can't do a one him out the moment he signs because I don't have the fucking energy to be so miserable all the time. <laughs> so I don't mind being, fine, I'll back him because I don't want to be anti-Jose. I want to enjoy something in my life. So I'm yeah. going to enjoy Jose's Tottenham until I can't enjoy it any longer. And I, I'm no. not. I'm not enjoying Ryan Mason's Tottenham either. So it's all pretty what? fucked at the moment. Hold on, hold on a second. The the game has changed. Like Spurs are playing attacking football now. We'd be free flowing attacking football. I mean, we're we're shit, but we're, we are playing free. Actually, we're coming to the league game. Mm. Let me just do this quickly. Um, a long time listener of the podcast, Ross Savage. He's going to run ten kilometers a day for seven days. Body as to someone who runs, who's super fit, running ten k every day for seven days isn't easy, is it? Before you say anything, uh, his younger sister, Ashley, has also been yes. diagnosed with stage four liver cancer and co- colon cancer. And he's, he's running, um, you know, he's running to raise money for yep. Macmillan Cancer Support. So it's a wonderful thing. If you want to donate to uh, his cause and, and just to, you know, do something that's good uh, when he's, his family, his closest family is going through fucking hell. Um, then go to his uh, Twitter handle, Ross Savage, R-O-S-S, 
S for Savage, A-V-A-G-E, 11, and you can donate. He's already on like like 300% of his target goal. He wanted to make you know, raise like 500 quid, and he's nearly at 1,500 quid already. So He's doing a great thing, and I was being a bit funny. Running yeah, 10 what, what, you, for seven days. Saying, <laughs> you, I was being very Anthony, well, I've got nearly said my government name. I was being very bad. <laughs> buddy, Ross- this, <laughs> buddy, 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 could you do, could you, like, just tell me how easy this is. I'll tell you what, how easy is it for you to run 7K, sorry, 10K for seven days on the bounce? Could you do that? doesn't matter what this is about. Just answer, yeah. answer truthfully. Could you do it easy? Yes, I could do it, yes. Uh, could John? Uh, he could, but it would take him. It would take him. No, 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 no. Tomorrow. To no, no, no. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. If you did it tomorrow and, and you had to do it within, I don't know, five minute kilometers. No, John can't do that. I, I can't do five minute kilometers. I did I did a I did a ten K on Sunday and it took me an hour and fifteen minutes, Flav. So I haven't got enough time to do it. Then, I couldn't, even, then, I couldn't then, do it in my lunch break. This is how, how difficult it is for Ross to do this. Like Ross might be a marathon runner. I don't know, maybe he's gaming the system here. I don't know, maybe he's he's come out and going, I can smash this. Like Barney could come out like he might need to raise money for something like um the Sunshine House in somewhere in, wait, what was that charity you ran the marathon? <laughs> for, Waves. 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 <laughs> Waves in Zimbabwe. You might you might be able to do that. And and he, he could come out and go, Do you know what? Do you know what's difficult for most people? You know how difficult this sounds? Running 10K for seven days on the bounce. And Barty's like, I do that already. It's not, me to, it's not me for me to put a level on the challenge. He's doing it for a great cause. I'm going to give some money. I know Ross. He looks like he looks pretty, pretty svelte. It looks like he can get about. So uh, it's a really good cause that he's doing it for. And uh, of course, running 70K in a week is, is tough. You wouldn't, I don't run 70K in a week because it's tough. It puts that, that, a lot of strain on yeah, you. Yeah, but that's what you're looking at, like 70,000 70, kilometers. No, sorry. In my head, when I said it, I was completely sure what I was saying until it came out of my mouth. And I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> anyway, uh, download, uh, donate to ross's um plight and um you know this is a good thing because he's he's going through mm. some rough times and his sister's going through rough, going through some rough times but it, but you know it's you, when you put you pull together and put put a lot of positive energy in the right direction amazing amazing things that will, will happen and mm-hmm. uh you know god bless you ross and i hope you get through that week okay and you know god bless your sister as well leeds united um john mm. When the game started, I thought, I feel like we're going to get beat. Yeah. And then it played out. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of, I was kind of just sitting there going, yeah. Well, well how did you feel about the game? Well, it's funny you say it because when you, sometimes when you start a game really well, you think, oh, we started too well, we scored too early, you know, that kind of scenario. And sometimes when you watch a game and you start badly, you think, well, it's only going to get better. This is the classic, you know, where we start awfully and then we play our way, in, way into the game. And this is one of those games where it never really happened. We just continued to play fairly badly. And I listened to um, the kind of summary that you and Thelonious did after the game. I think T hit the um, hit the nail on the head, which is that we weren't playing well. There were some changes that could have been made. 
and Mason, for whatever reason, didn't didn't see those changes. And so we didn't really do anything different to change our state in the game. So we ended up just playing quite poorly for the entirety of the game in the same way. So it was quite frustrating because it was sort of inevitable. And we had a little spell where I thought we might we might get back into it. And then they just took the game away from us. Did I say anything good? Because you just you picked up on what T said. Did I did I say anything good? Well, you asked him a question brilliantly about what he thought. <laughs> um, I thought the way you delivered that question was first class. You know, it's great great journalism in a way. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, well done, well done for that. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I fully appreciate that, Barty. What, how did you take the game uh, against Leeds? We came up against a team that, first of all, they've only played thirty seven games this season, and um, we came up against a team that were really fit, really able to run. Four of their players run over eleven kilometers. Not one of ours got close to that. Like Schoiberg was the, the one that got the closest to it. And they had a system which they implemented, and we tried to play an attacking style of football against a team that that can counter that really easily. I think. I think we should have just done a Jose and just parked the bus and counterattacked them like we did at White Hart Lane and we probably would have beaten them. I've got I've got to be honest with you there, mate. I, I, I when I was watching it, I was thinking as much as I love the the change in attitude mm. at the club and, and, and we're going for it and we played four forwards. We did. You know, that yeah. I don't know what a buddy, maybe you can help help me here, but I'm not sure what the formation was. I felt like it was a four two four. Um, but probably on paper it was a four-two-three-one, right? But it, yeah. we were so gung ho in our in our attack that it felt like a little bit like this is this is it, this is what we're going to do. And we've got four great forward, like borderline world-class forward players. Uh, if you take Harry Kane out of that conversation, because he's obviously world-class, um, and it was just like let let's just go and see what happens. But Leeds seems like the the worst club to do that against so we saw how well it worked against Sheffield United because they're shit and you know you just trust in your forwards and you yeah. know we delivered but against Leeds a well-drilled well-orchestrated team under a manager like him who literally in terms of pressing and then holding possession it's like literally the worst thing you can do is just do Aussie Ardili's 94-95 yeah. tactics and just hope that we, we we get something from the game and it's not on Ryan Mason He's a novice. He's 29. Bielsa, as they said in the commentary, was fucking managing Chile when he made his debut. Do you know what I mean? It was, it, it was, you can understand why Ryan Mason got his tactics wrong and it's not on him. But, you know, what I, I did feel, to go back to your point, buddy, that if Jose Mourinho was the manager, we probably would have done better. More pragmatic. We wouldn't have allowed um, Aurier to get doubled up on every time. Um, I don't think Bale would have started because Bale can't run backwards. And I think there probably would have been a little bit more structure in midfield. The problem is you can play four forwards, which is great. But when you've got four defenders like what we've got, it's it's always asking for problems. And Eric Dyer, I've been talking about him all season, but he is he's the worst football player I've ever seen. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but he's not. No. This is, so you no, 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 no. But... Eric Dyer, I have a theory that the most... <laughs> I have a theory that the most peaceful place in the world is the space behind Eric Dyer. Because 
people, you know, forwards are making a living in that area. He has no idea of what's going on behind him. He can't, he's like Batman. He can't move his neck. He can't look behind him and he's just getting exposed. And buddy, when you play those players against him, he's going to get destroyed. Buddy, you say so much good stuff. You really do. Obviously, you, you know your football and then, and then you call Eric Dyer the worst footballer you've ever seen. Do you know how many footballers <laughs> you've seen in your life? You've seen That's loads. You've seen I know. <laughs> It's the it's the properly like ten toe statements that that, <laughs> that drag drag your footballing knowledge down. Um, he's, he's he's the he is he's up poor. There. Uh, this this current Eric Dyer is up there with Ramon Vega. Wow, I, I do you agree, uh, John? Uh, look, I, I, you know me, mate. I am one for making an inflammatory comment, even if it's not true, and just sticking with it because it's funny. Um, he, yeah, that, we're he not talking is, about your, race, your racism. So we're, we're talking about <laughs> and your politics. Let's talk about Good. football, please. Just, just keep it on, on brand. Right, fine. Um, so, <laughs> Dyer is clearly not the worst, literally the worst. But I understand what Barty means in the sense of like where we are at now and the, the level that we should be playing at and the quality of players that we've got. His performances that are putting in are way be- below the level. If you were to put our worst players in the teams when we were shit, the level that he is playing at, I can understand that argument. So literally, he's not the worst, but maybe in this in this incarnation of this side, he's he's in the in the mix of where you know proportionally how shit he is. Um, every goal, every goal that we conceded against Leeds, he was at the heart of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. And he's done that. He's done that a few times. And just, just quickly on Dyer. Sorry, mate. But just while we're all going in on him, just stick another <laughs> knife in him. Um, <laughs> the thing about him, the thing about him is, he's obviously quite a big bloke, right? And he's fantastic in the air, like unbelievably good in the air. And so normally, I would, my instincts would be like, oh, if he played for a Burnley, he'd be great. The issue is, he's not a good defender. He doesn't see danger. He doesn't read danger. He doesn't understand like basic defensive positioning there was one I think when it was still nil-nil there was one ball that got flushed across the box that he left just mm. smash it into Rose it's right just get a block on I it love- and just don't let it go across the box that is genuinely 90% of championship centre-backs will right. just clear that and he's just let it go across the face of his goal that's mental we would have <laughs> under Mourinho if we'd have had Tarkovsky and whoever Ben Mee centre-back mm. we would have conceded less goals can I just just pull you both back for a second <laughs> Can, I miss Gumbass. I miss. I do miss Gumbass. Can, can I? Can I just, just pull you back for a second? Eric Dyer has been selected by our national manager. He's been selected over and over again by Jose Mourinho, one of the most decorated managers in world football in the history of football. Right? He was picked by um, Pochettino, and you two, big fat John Bass, and poor man's Don Corleone. <laughs> and he's not uh, going to go at me for stereotypes. Was <laughs> no, it Mario si- and Luigi next? Seriously, <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't have done that because that's too cheap. That's that's your level of racism. That's not my level. If you th- but look, if you think about it though, like, like but how you dare picture- you two? How dare you two? Like how dare you? <laughs> it's a joke. You're you a pair of you are jokes. Like I get it. He's rubbish and he shouldn't play for our club again. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Dude? He's. Uh... He's all right. I think, I think no, these are legitimate points. Right. I'll tell you what we can, can agree. I'll tell you, uh, Barty won't agree with this. But John, he's better than Sanchez, isn't he? Uh, I would rather play Dyer than Sanchez because at least I know what I get from him. And like as discussed, he is terrible, but I know what I get from him. With Sanchez, I have no idea what's going to happen. I Barty. don't think he has any idea of what's going to happen. Barty, you terrible. once said that Sanchez is going to be better than King, didn't you? 
I was it was on Twitter. Somebody said, "Give a give a, a hot take, which other people won't like." <laughs> that, was, that went big. It's carried round you, and it's just it, wherever you go, this stench follows follows you. Uh, Back then, I was all about doubling down on on something which was mom. totally outlandish. I'm all for it. I'm all for but it. You still, you've been doing it this year. You've been doing it. San- Sanchez <laughs> clears that. Sanchez clears that first goal. He, he so, comes across and, and yeah, intercepts that cross. Against, uh, after that Newcastle game, he'll, he should never play for us ever again. Yeah. I mean, Sanchez does clear that, but then we'll also play a ball in the middle of the pitch to no one. And then they're on our back four and we can see the different goal. I mean, they're both just, they're both as bad as each other for different reasons. When they play together, it is literally Chernobyl about five minutes before the meltdown. And everyone's just going, it's fine. Just keep turning it up. <laughs> there's, no gra- there's no graphite on the roof. We've got a question from our mate Ben, uh, or as he calls himself on Twitter, the Quilkin. The Quilkin. The Quilkin. He has a podcast. Go and listen to it. It's good. Uh, is there more joy to be had in the returning to the vague mediocrity, but having the odd brilliant result than there is in the last to a few years of just being good but never quite making it. Do you want? Do you want to go back to um, no the late nineties, early two thousands, or maybe even the Martin Yole? If you had, if you could click your finger right now and take everything that we've done and all the growth that we've had in the last ten years, and then go back to Martin Yole's second season where everyone was very happy and very um, you know joyful, uh, John, and then Buddy, what what? what what would you rather do? Are we on to something or should we go back to where we were? I think we're on to something. I think this is a, I, I don't want to go back. I'm a firm believer in like the, the sort of the journey is the best bit about it. And for me, it's like, we've gone, we've gone through that stage now going back makes it less interesting. Um, and going forward is where we need to be at. So yeah, for me, it's a case of let's, um, let's just ride this storm. Like, let's ride it out. Our expectations are bigger, which gives more pressure, which sometimes is less enjoyable ultimately the big prizes are where the real glory's at and so it would be better for me to like stay for quite some time trying to win something major than just pissing around getting the odd result and having a bit of a small club mentality so yeah that's me buddy go on what do you think yeah i i I agree with you i'd rather be where we are now we've we're we're an established club at the top end of the league you can't keep referring back to these times. Like, what was the most excitement? Like, the, the 90s were pretty bad, but there was moments of of excitement, which we're looking back at now and thinking, oh, they were great. But it wasn't that great. It was pretty no. shit most of the time. Yeah. And I would rather be where we are. We're, we're a big club, and we can go one, two, three seasons around Champions League without it really affecting us. Back then, it wasn't quite like that. It's about level of expect, expectation, isn't it? Because what, what's happened to Tottenham... Um, you know how, how we've elevated as a football club, um, and our expectations of as a fan base. Uh, you know what what we expect each year is to finish in the top four. There was a time before this elevation, before all the good work that's been done behind the scenes, where even the thought of finishing the top four was so beyond the realms of reality that we didn't even think about it. Uh, and and here we are now. But you know, I guess <clears throat> as fans, we we should expect to be on par and what I think where Spurs are currently on par is it's probably fifth sixth maybe if we over over overplay or we, we do better than we you know on the pitch than we um we anticipate then uh you know a top four but if you look at the other teams that are finishing the top four if Leicester drop out I know Barty you're 
you're like a big proponent of the uh, late season fallout of Brendan Rodgers' teams. Hmm. But but if um you know if those four teams that are in there currently stay there in the top four, and then Spurs are probably about where they need to be. I mean, uh, we're we 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 are where we deserve to be. We haven't been great since since the year started, and. The thing is, the Premier League has changed now since those Martin Yol days. There's there's so much money around that there are teams like Leicester. I mean, Wolves have had a bad season. But if you look across the league, normally these top players would would be abroad and they wouldn't be concentrated as they are in the Premier League. But there are seven teams now who are all kind of much of a muchness. Yeah. And it's you have a bad season, you end up seventh like, like what we've had. Uh, Dan Staines, he sends in a question. He says, if losing to Leicester on the final day of, day of the season means that West Ham don't get into the top four, would you take it? John? Um, well, I'd take the result, but I, I, I find it really difficult to like not want us to win a game. And also, we have a bit of needle with Leicester. I hate them and they hate us. So I, I'd quite like to beat... I mean, it, it would to me... If it's basically a, sh- a straight shootout, in other words, if we beat Leicester, they don't get into it. There's something quite sweet about that as well. So if it, if it so happens that we, we lose that game and means West Ham miss out, it's a bonus. What about you, buddy? It's a bit small club to worry about that, but I, I really don't I don't give a shit about West Ham. I think it would actually be quite funny for West Ham to go in the Champions League and get absolutely walloped. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like, I, get, I get it. I, I understand there's a rivalry between West Ham and Spurs and I understand it significantly, but... I wouldn't. It's not Arsenal. It's not Chelsea. If you if you took West Ham out of that, that question and put Arsenal in there, hundred percent, I want us to lose. I, I I don't care. I I understand that that you know the Spurs fans out there going, you always want your club to win, but not when you know if you love your club as much as you hate the others, then sometimes you got to, like there's a balance in there. It's like so mm-hmm. if you think all right, this result really doesn't matter to Tottenham. We're not going to finish in the top four. All all it would mean is we're definitely going to finish in the Europa League right so it wouldn't change if you could deny the people that you hate happiness then you take it right 100% you just go all right well I don't really care about Spurs winning or losing this game because it's not going to make any difference to how well we perform next year but on the other hand you can crush the dreams of people you hate surely (laughs) hate wins out of love I think so. I think when you explain it like that, watching West Ham cry would be quite nice. Just crush them. Like they're mm. little, little, I was going to be um, offensive there, but they're little, no, I'll stop. But um, all right, we've got another question from uh, Keith K. He says, do the supporters have the patience to go through a rebuild of the team knowing it could possibly take several seasons? I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's, it's, it's a lot, it, we're not set, what, several seasons behind who the rebuild to the squad to what what do you want Spurs like in, mm. in, the, in the realms of reality given the owners we've got what what does this rebuild look like like I, I, and, I, and I really appreciate Keith for sending the question in I really do but it, like what what re, what like how lot what, what does a re, what's a successful rebuild look like to you like I, I'll put that to you buddy what what, mm. what what is a successful rebuild from this point to where we could, I don't know where we could possibly end up being, but what, what, what's the successful rebuild look like? I think it would be appointing someone like Graham Potter and giving him the time and the money to change the squad get, and get it to play how he wants to play. Wendy, can think, you give, uh, Wendy, give um, Buddy's mic back, please? 
I think that's what that's what you would need to be patient of. That's you'd have to be patient if we give it to Graham Potter. But if you give it to someone like Conte, then you have to expect results immediately. So it depends what decision the board make now. If we're going to go for a project manager like Potter, we're going to have to maybe take a little bit of pain like we did with Pochettino in that first year where things there'll be results where we get pumped, but there'll be results where we start winning games. I don't know if we have the patience for that as a fan base, but if we want to go for another short-term fix, it will be a Conte Allegri, something like that. What about you? What does a, what's a rebuild look like for you, John? Yeah, I mean, I think what Bardi said there about like, if you go for a project manager by kind of implication, you have to give enough time for a bit of a churn of players. Cause we, I think every every time we've spoken for the last few weeks, it's been like, oh, there's seven or eight players got to go. And then people list off the names of players they want to go. That's a massive churn for a club. Mm. Like, I think we all know that those players need to leave. But like, if you do that in one massive like cull, you're in a situation where you're having to integrate like a load of new players. And we've all seen how difficult it is for like one or two transfers to integrate into a squad. It takes them a season. So then you're talking basically of writing off season one of like really achieving anything special and going into season two. But then, you know, maybe that's the way that maybe that's what it takes because we're not in a position where we can do a Chelsea and just drop 250 million on a new squad, get in Tuchel, and then all of a sudden, like, look like a completely different side. We can't do that. So we are going to have to, like, do a bit of a project job. So I think people will be patient as long as the football is attractive as yeah. part of this project. If we are, like, losing 5 4 and giving it a go every other week, and there's like young players coming in and there seems to be a, a, a kind of um, a plan. I think people will be more patient than, than Buddy's right. Than if you bring in Allegria, they want to see results immediately because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I do take exception to the fact that the rebuild hasn't already begun. Like, we, 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 since, since Pochettino was sacked, we've spent a fair whack on, on several players, whether it be through... Wages or or transfer fees. Lacelso, uh, uh, and Dombele, Bale's been brought in. Uh, Doherty's been signed. Um, you know, Reguilon left. You know, it, it, these aren't insignificant signings. They're not. Oh, Man United want Reguilon. Hoybier was uh, was was scouted by many many top clubs around uh, around Europe. Gareth Bale would have been snapped up but snapped up by anybody. Absolutely, mm. anybody would take Gareth Bale. Doherty, let's forget about him. But you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, 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 we we have we have begun this rebuild. I think people have got caught up in that, what Pochettino said. This is going to be a painful rebuild. You know, signing five or six players that would definitely get into the first team of almost anybody else in the Premier League outside of City, United, and probably Chelsea. Is you know we're making steps forward, but I think people are caught up in that idea that we're still at the where where we were when Pochettino and and Tottenham Hotspur lost that the uh, the the Champions League final. I I, I feel like we are making steps forward. It, it, it's there are improvements, there are improvements, but I think it's the kind of. The, the randomness of the signings of of signing uh, Doherty, who's twenty eight or something, or bringing back Bale, who's pretty good against trash, but not good against anyone that has fast fullbacks that has to run back and force yeah, him to mate, run backwards. Mate, it, it 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 doesn't matter if he if he scores twenty goals against trash next season. That's a, a massive step forward on Stephen Bergwijn. I mean, I think we should let Bale go. I don't I don't really want to see him back next All right. year. 
So let me ask you this. If, if mm. the option was Stephen Bergbein or Gareth Bale next year, what, who would you take? Yeah, because obviously Bale has scored more goals. So it's like, okay, we've got Bale. But I do think Bergwijn can flourish in a in a formation that suits him. I think what we what we've got is we got we got a mix of players and ideals. I'd like us to have a manager with a plan. That's all I want. Even if it's low block and counter, yeah. part of the if, bus, at least have if, a plan. Yeah, but if that's Graham Potter and he 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 says, "All right, I'm going to you, buddy, as my chief scout. Um, we can't afford anything. We can't we can't do anything with our squad, but we have the option of." playing Steven Bergwijn for 40 games or Gareth Bale for 40 games, who do you take? That's all I'm asking. Uh, Bergwijn, fuck it. I'm going to go with Bergwijn. You're doing what you do. You're doing what you always do, buddy. Because I believe, I do believe, without sounding like Windy, I do believe that Potter will implement a plan. Look at what he's doing with, I mean, Brighton are pretty crap, but at least... No, he's, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. What he's doing with, with like, trash. He's got Danny Welbeck. He's got... He's got um, He's got foot, he's got centre backs that look like John Bass, and he's got them running up and down the wing. <laughs> Bloody handsome guys. Bloody handsome guys. <laughs> handsome guys, but you wouldn't really want them running around for you. And um, he's got them doing something. Now, can you imagine if you replace those individuals with players who are instead of being five out of ten, six and a half, seven and a half out of ten, we should see results. Kind of like when Pochettino left Southampton and come to Spurs. There was someone that wrote in the I mean, the Fighting Cock Forum is full of absolute trash. And some some weird takes on everything. He's still but in there. He's still in there. I, I I snuck in the other day because Windy shared something. But <laughs> what did he? What do you mean? He, what what did he share? Was it someone being mean to him? Or? No, no, no. It was someone. He got a DM off someone who was complaining about someone else. Typical oh, forum stuff. <laughs> but yeah. but when we signed Pochettino, there was a, a Southampton fan came in and said Pochettino will do amazing things at Tottenham just because the players he's working with are a level up, and I think that's what we might see with Potter. I I don't yeah. hate the idea. So when it first got like mooted, I just you know the idea. And I know this is stupid, right? And it's kind of like dating someone who's beautiful, and then turning out that they're sort of rotten inside. It's the other way around with Graham Potter because his mm-hmm. name's Graham. His second second name's Potter, and he's only managed Brighton, and he's just like um, it's just not fashionable is he he's just, that's his the thing his name's graham potter for fuck's sake but but since since like i've had, had had a moment's pause to think about it and looking at what brighton have done and and and, and that's not about where they finish in the league it's about the quality of football they play and the, the amount of chances that they create for their front men uh who is it was it um was it you john who said talking about putting I said, if you put Kane in yes. Brighton's team and took him out of ours, so we had, let's say, Malpay up front, they would finish above us. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad they shout. They would. Because the, the amount of chances they create, and they're obviously, as much as we love Malpay, he's not, um, you know, he's not elite level, is he, as a, as a number nine? Like, they nah. could... Like, imagine Graham Potter playing <laughs> playing Brighton's football, the, the, the football that he's created under them uh, over the last... 12 months or however long he's been there but just adding Spurs players to it I get it I get it like so the, 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 the alternative argument would be someone like Allegri 
Buddy, why? I'm sure you talked about well, Conte. Conte is a better option because he Inter Milan are probably going to have to slash wages. He was a little bit unhappy at the start of the season. There are rumours that he's looking for a way out. He's he's not a manager that sticks around a long time. So Conte, I think, would be a better example. Than, what about Sari? Because he won the league with UV. I love Sari. I think he would be great, but I do have a problem with us keep going to ex Chelsea managers. That needs to yeah, stop. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't. I know. I get it. Like on on a Spurs level, you know, on a fan level, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, or or you're just sick of Chelsea fans enjoying all the good bits of those managers and then coming to Spurs and not delivering. Is that what it's about? I like Sari. I think Sari would be great. I think Conte would be good as well. But um, I'm I'm quite excited to see Potter. I'm quite I'm quite curious. There's something dark and nasty in me that wants to see this to see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, youth industry design says, "Would we benefit on the pitch from a season out of Europe? If we, if we, if there was an option for us not to qualify for the Europa League this year, would would you take it, John? I, I probably would at this point because I actually feel like we, it is really damaging to us. Um, and if we are going through this quote unquote pain, um, uh, painful rebuild, then we do need some time just to kind of focus on what we're doing. And there is too much rotation when, when you have to play in Europe. And that, I think, is causing us some issues when we have a bit of an identity crisis. It's always useful if you've got, like, a big squad and players to rotate. But I actually would like to just see us, like, settle on a starting lineup that we like to see and a squad. And we, we basically stick with that in the main and just attack the league and try and qualify for the Champions League the following season. I'm sort of a bit done with... Oh yeah, go on. And if we get out of the group, then maybe we could win it, and that's a route in. And then players are tired for games we actually need them, and then we take our eye off the ball in the league, and that sort of like perpetual cycle of misery continues. I'm just like, let's just draw a line under it. Let's just fuck up the end of the season, finish outside the places, and then just go again. What about you, buddy? Um, I think it's. I think it would prove useful for us. I. I don't mind us being in Europa League. I think we need to be a bit smarter with it instead of playing Hoiberg every minute and playing Kane against Lask and Ploddiv and all that kind of stuff. I think it's proved a useful um, train, a useful place to, to get people up to speed. Uh, if you, Villarreal got to the final this year and they're trash, um, it should have been us there. And I don't have a problem with us going back in for it. Fair enough. Um, just, just on the Leeds game, uh, I don't want to go into it too much, but what, what, I think the last time we spoke, Buddy, you were a big proponent of VAR. You you like it. You you think like it's a good thing at football. Is that right? Um, I think it's got a use in football. Yeah, for sure. So how much I, did you clap and, and and yelp towards the the heavens when Harry Kane was ruled offside for his toenail? I think this is where the problem comes when you're looking at this kind of minute detail that (laughs) when it goes when it goes against you. (laughs) No, 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 because we don't actually have we don't even have the technology to be able to analyze whether it's offside by two centimeters. It doesn't exist. VAR is not that precise. So we're making a precise judgment using technology that's not precise. So I think there needs to be a greater buffer between what's onside and what's offside. This ridiculous thing of, of two centimetres when the, the margin of error is larger than that is they're stupid. Looking, they're looking at a blurred image. But if you go yes. by what you see on te- television, you're looking at a blurred image. So, you know, he may not have been offside. No, no, exactly. There's, there's two, it's too close to call. I think situations in, um, in Serie A last night, there was um, a penalty given to Milan which the referee didn't see. And then VAR was like, you've got to go and have a look at this. And it was a clear handball. So in situations like that, I think it works. 
But when it's this, when it's this kind of, it, it's not clear and obvious. It's ridiculous. It's clear so and obvious. Tight. I think it'd it's, be, it's such an easy thing for something like that, like a blatant handball in the box, or something that the referee can't see because he's hmm. he's a human being. Then yeah, no, fair enough. If it's doing this, like forget offsides. Like the offsides shouldn't be on the table. It shouldn't be on VAR to like. All right, they may they might make a mistake. It doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world if not like if if, yeah. if someone's marginally offside and he gets a goal scored against him. That's a moment of excitement that we have in a football game and and those you know the game's about goals isn't it yeah and that's it, my it, issue yeah. sorry mate sorry to cut you. that's my issue with it it's like I, I agree with what you boys are saying in terms of if you could create rules to make it a much bigger margin of error so it's like instead of it being to the centimeter it's just like you have to be a foot in front to be offside right even if you do that you still can't celebrate a goal because you're still thinking, oh, what if he's off? And they pull it back. And so that that alone is the most the, the best thing in all of sport is celebrating a goal. In, in a, better than anything else, better than the hundred meters, better than any rugby shit boxing. The best thing in foot, the best thing is a goal in football. That is the best thing, and that's lost because every time it goes in, you have a momentary ah, oh, and then you're like, oh, what if it's off? And you just lose it immediately. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We've had the same amount of controversy with VAR that we, as we did when we had no VAR whatsoever and no goal line technology. We Buddy. have goal line technology. Let's just sack off VAR. Buddy, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about VAR in the bedroom? <laughs> you, you ever had a moment in your life where you thought, oh, I wish I could wind that back? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Haven't we all? No, no. <laughs> yeah, we have, but go on. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this today, Flav. Come on, this isn't the extra inch. You're free to speak how, how freely you want to speak. You want to re- replay a moment, be able to... Um... Yeah, just a moment, but not, not replay it and, and, and think, yeah, I did well there. <laughs> the moment <where> you were, <laughs> flex, you were flexing in the mirror and going, yeah, I am the bollocks. The moment you thought, God, I wish I hadn't spunked in her face. <laughs> a little tap on the shoulder or a little warning beforehand or just not gone as I said at right at the start just not gone as vigorous because it's all fun and games at the start <laughs> so you think funny. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna pump away and then be this kind of Adonis but then after like 20 pumps you're after 20 pumps you're you're done it's all finished should have slowed it out and just relaxed a bit you're right 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 so you, yeah I can get that so you, you're in mm. the vigorously going uh, I think in the first sort of 25% of that episode in the bedroom you're thinking I could do this forever. Yeah. She's going to love this. You just wait. And then after 12 or 13, you're like, hold on a minute. Hmm. The wolf is at the door. It's like, um, in, what's that? What's the Cape down in South Africa? The the corner, the, the most difficult part to get the boat round. What's it called? Cape of Cape Cod? Cape, Cape Horn? Cape Cod. What's it? Uh, yeah. No, Cape, Cape. Oh, go on. I don't know. Somewhere in South Africa, it doesn't matter. Somewhere in South Africa, where it's difficult to sail a boat round if you're really so you get, to do that. Cape Horn, yeah. So you're getting your, you're arriving on the boat, but what you want to do is you want to arrive at that corner, take it well, and get round the other side. But what you end up doing is, if you go too fast, you just bang and you, you hit the rocks. <laughs> but <laughs> or, or, or you go too fast and you just you're out into the what would be the, the, the what's the, Pacific, isn't it? Yeah, and then yeah, you're, you're just you're, out into Pacific. Big sharks down there, man, you're, you're done. But if you take it too slow, you're going to go wide and you're going to end up hitting Australia. And it's, you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve. So it's all about timing and getting around that corner properly, which I still have a problem with. I'm 40 years old and I, I still never hit that corner properly. 
I'd like um I'd never I'd I've like, never thought I'd... about a woman's thighs as Australia. Ever. <laughs> you should because when, don't, don't when you when you go when you go down under. So it's sort of Oh there he is. Yeah. Um I would like to use VAR, but not for um positives like sometimes there's some funny moments that you'd like to relive and like see reactions i, I think i am um, i put a, a bit of a story into the whatsapp group yesterday about what one time um failing to maintain an erection during sex but i had a pretty good excuse which is we were like just going into the bedroom kissing and all that and like we're, we're just about to get down to it and um i just look down onto the bedroom floor and i just see a little mouse <laughs> just scurry out of like <laughs> underneath the door and go across the room and then like out through like a little hole in the wall and it just it i would just like to go back on var and just see my face in that moment because i couldn't stop thinking about it and all i was thinking is it's gonna go in my bum like richard gear <laughs> it's gonna be like a gerbil and then everyone's gonna call me richard gear for ages and yeah, all but... i could i just kept relaying it in my mind and um, it just put, put me off it put me off so, mice, um, do, um, mice do gravitate towards hot, moist areas, so it could exactly. have happened. Exactly. An amount of hair around John Boy's bum hole. <laughs> could imagine. It's like a it sa- safe haven for any rodent. It looks like um, the Sarlacc in, in Star Wars that gets Boba Fett, I reckon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 it, I, I wonder why, because like Richard Gere forcibly put a gerbil into his arse. What, what made mm. you think that he was going to Climb up with what for for a mouse is like Mount Everest. <laughs> Climbing up there and crawling just, into the horrible yeah. little sort of orifice that is your arsehole. Mm. I just all I just thought is I I guess I just looked at it and thought, well, he's a rodent. They're probably all at it. They're probably all up for it. And then I'm going to be at some point. My ass is going to be in the air. And I can't, who knows what they're doing? Who knows what they're thinking? Really, he could be <laughs> behind me. And that's it. He just goes straight for it. And then what am I going to do? I, you know, I'm, I'm lost. So it just, it just <clears throat> consumed me, mate. It consumed me. Just going back to sort of going down and that. Um, mm. Have you ever had it where you go down and uh, the fires come in? It sounds like you're underwater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in some cases, you are as well. I mean, <laughs> I'm not that good. I'm not that good. That's so true, yeah. like holding two seashells like, to your head. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you're like, oh, what's, what's going on? It's like... <laughs> I felt like I was having a hemorrhage. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move neatly on to the sponsors of the Fighting Club podcast, William Hill, the official betting sponsors, sponsors of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And uh, we messaged him earlier and said, uh, can you give us some odds on Tottenham Hotspur finishing... In the top four and in the Champions League places. Boys, can you guess, if you were a bookie, you know, given the situation Spurs are in, if you worked for William Hill, what odds would you give to a punter who wanted to bet on Tottenham Hotspur to finish in the top four? This so, year? Yeah, yeah, right now, where we are. Are you talking hundreds? 25s? 25s? Uh, buddy? 100. It's got, we need a, a series of results that are just impossible. Johnny's closest with with uh, twenty five to one, uh, twenty eight to one. William Hill are off in for to, to finish in top four with three games to go, which pretty much means that we're not going to get there. I'd be looking for something like you said, um, mm. Bardi, a hundred to one, but they're never going to give that because they, you know, they gave Leicester five thousand to one to win the uh, Premier League, and that's what happened. But. Yeah. Um, 
you know, top six is where we're at now. We can get two to one for top six. So, not bad. You know, you can put a pound on and win two pound. <laughs> you could double your money. <laughs> double your money on that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you've got money to spend, why don't you whack a monkey down? £500 <laughs> on Tottenham Hotspur to finish in the top six. Surely we can do that. Like, what, what are your feelings going into this, like, you know, final few games? We've got Wolves, we've got, uh, remind me, sorry, Wolves and Villa at home. Aston Villa. Yeah, 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 and then Leicester away, which is going to be tricky. But, or, or will it, Barty? Um, you know, we, we've got these two home games you expect us to win. If we win those, we're guaranteed top six. Um, two to one right now, it's like doubling your money, right? Yeah. We're we going to finish top six? I think we probably will. Yeah, we'll get there, won't we? We'll win two out of the three at least. Buddy, tell me about your um, your obsession with Brendan Rodgers. It's late season collapse. It keeps happening. So it's, it, it's, it happened at yeah. Liverpool. It did happen. I remember Stoke last season one. Did happen happened last, last season. season. It happened last season at Leicester. They're having a little bit of a wobble. I still think they'll probably finish top four, but it's, it's quite funny to watch because I do like his. I do like watching his smug face, and I've I've got ITK that he's um him and Madison have fallen out big time. Heavy? Oh, uh, I got I got I got sources. Is he going to sign for Spurs? Did his sources tell him tell you that he's going to you know sign for Spurs, or he's saying no chance? No, no chance. Just um him and Rogers have fallen out. But I mean, has he, have you asked him? Like, given the fact that you're a Spurs fan and he's linked, have you thought of like not? really focusing on Madison situation you may be asking him whether or not he's going to be our manager next no I don't have that close a contact <laughs> so what is this relationship you've got with him buddy is it that's all what's that what? message <laughs> T Thelonious sent me a whatsapp message Forward, forwarded many times yeah 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 <laughs> I thought we'd all seen it <laughs> I've got to get your, your take on this buddy mate because the new favourite to be Spurs manager is Simone, uh, Simeone Inzaghi Simone uh, Inzaghi yeah now now heading the market two to one yeah um, tell me about him like what like all I know is he, he, this is the geezer who used to play up front for AC Milan right no that's that's his brother Pipo fuck T this what <laughs> like what like the, we're, we're getting the shit in Zaghi, is that what you're saying? No, no, he's actually he's actually turned out to be the good one. There was uh, Pipo started well at Milan and did some nice things, but then he ended up uh, getting fired. Simone Inzaghi's been at Lazio a few seasons now. He took him into the Champions League la- uh, this season. They got pumped by um, by Munich, but that that happens to a lot of teams. It happens um, to us. Yeah, so maybe he's well suited to us. He's a decent manager. He's an interesting manager who's would, who's would done you like well. It? Would you like it? Would you like it? Uh, no, not really. How would you compare him to a comparable manager in in you know, in England? Yeah, yeah. Um, like just I know I know it's a stupid question, but like it's so people can kind of relate. Uh, well, you'd have to kind of he's he's young, he's youngish. So I don't know, maybe maybe Eddie Howe back in the day when he was doing interesting things at Bournemouth, but he's not. <laughs> It's not, not anyhow. It's not elite. Like, there's no English managers. So you told me to pick an English manager, but the, no, no, I get it, I get it. Oh, no, 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 he's, he's, he's Graham Potter. He's he Graham be, Potter. Is he? Do they play that kind of football because like Eddie Howe, like, yeah. you know, we don't want we don't, like we don't even want Eddie Howe. We certainly don't want an Eddie Howe that don't speak English properly. <laughs> How do you know he doesn't? Know speak what I mean? English? <laughs> <laughs> Too cold here for him. No, does he yeah. speak English as well as Eddie Howe? No, the answer is no. So that's what that's my point. Um, so it wasn't a racism. He's, um, I think, he would be a kind of like a Graham Potter 
um, appointment, but we would have less patience with him. So I don't really want him to come in here and get exposed to us lot. Uh, Scott Parker is uh, five to one. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> it's just like, it's just not, it's just like, no. like he, he, could, he could be the greatest manager on earth. It's just, He's done so. nothing. He's done nothing. But but, but this could be that this. Uh, yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. Mm. Graham Potter is uh, thirteen to two with William Hill. Um, according to William Hill, because I asked the, uh, I requested these these odds, and they think Harry Kane is favourite for next season to be playing in Manchester, not at Tottenham. Two to one for Manchester United and three to one for Man City. I think they're hedging their bets a little bit, like just in case it happens, let's give low odds. Um, I can't see him going to Manchester or anywhere else this summer. Can you, boys? No, no. Uh, okay, that's good. And uh, I also asked about the potential of Son leaving. Uh, the only club that's remotely linked to him, according to the bookies, is Dortmund. But it seems like he's going to sign a new contract anyway. Um, what, what do you make of? You know, he's he just broke his record as a as a goal scoring forward for Tottenham. What do you make of Huminson's season? What do you make of him as a player? But are you happy? He could be upgrade. Would signing Jack Grealish and selling Son be a positive move? And there's a question further down the running order about Tottenham's inability to sell players. I think what's hurt us most in the last four or five years is we've never sold anyone when they've been at their peak value. Carl Walker was the last guy we did that with. So, for example, when Man United bid £50 million for Eric Dyer, we should have sold him. When um, Real Madrid wanted Delhi for 100 mil. We should have sold him. We need to get out of our heads that we're a selling club and we need to start selling players at their peak moment. So, for example, <laughs> if someone comes in with 100 million pounds for Sun, sell him. It just, it just makes sense because otherwise he stays on, then he hits 31 and we're stuck with him. Um, so I think we should always sell players apart from Kane when they're at their peak value. It's just good business sense and then reinvest the money. Do anything to add? I th- yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think, like, maybe to like contextualize it, I think like hindsight's been applied a little bit here in terms of Dyer because at the time, like, we were feeling like we were getting very close to a title, and so to make a big upheaval in a quite a crucial position, a player that was playing well, obviously to get that valuation, I think was the reason behind not selling him. But I completely agree with Bardi that that is that has also been a major factor why we are now in a lot of trouble because we have a, a massive amount of players, not even at peak value. I think the other end of the scale is true as well, which is sometimes you just need to get rid of players in order to keep a certain level of harmony and um, interest and motivation in the squad. You know, we had players like Rose just sitting around, being in and around the club for a year doing nothing, like taking money that we could have spent on a, on a youth prospect. And you know, Sissoko, Lamella, etc., that have been around for too long and we should have just taken what we could have got for them and moved them on. So I think it's also that as well, which is like being prepared to, to lose a little bit on players just to just to keep moving. All right, fair enough. Uh, we've got a question from Charlie here. It says, how would you feel about Poch coming back to Spurs if A, he was willing to entertain the idea and B, Levy was willing to pursue it? Is there an argument to be made now that the poor results at the end of his tenure were related to the players uh, rather than Poch's ability to manage. You know, this is a guy who, um, I mean, he's a, he's a fat fraud, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to fuck up a one-team league. I don't, I don't mean that. I, 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 do, I, I love Pochettino and I really hope one day he takes, takes back hold of Tottenham, but I feel like there needs to be a, 
degree of separation before he comes back and does what he intended to do, and that was win trophies at Tottenham. We um, um on the yeah. on the exchange we were talking about Pochettino coming back today, and it's kind of like um, Levy and Poch are in this long term relationship, and they were kind of um, happy, you know, having missionary sex, just getting on with it. But then uh, Levy just decided he wanted something dirty. He wanted, you know, uh, a year out and about. Yeah, a year out and a mouse up his bum. And Poch wasn't willing to do it. So um, they binned him off. And now he's been out there. He's been going on a load of first dates. And it's just not the same. It's not the same just having meaningless sex. And maybe he wants Poch back. Well, so Levy actually to stay in a boring sort of sort of non-sexual relationship, getting bored to the point where he can't even look at his partner in the face. I don't that think it was that bad between the two of them. Um, uh, buddy, I don't like you saying that stuff because that's 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 fucking fighting cock talk. That is, that's not like extra inch talk. <laughs> Doing sexual metaphors is our bag, right? You stick to your fucking tactics and all that stuff, right? That's your thing, and we'll okay. do cheap, horrible, crass stuff. So, well, we didn't. I didn't actually. There was no mention of a mouse going up the backside. It was all about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> still in the game. Face. We're still in the game. Rooftop cocktails. It was, that was how dirty I got. <laughs> how many? How many years? How many years uh, would you think would need to pass in order for Poch to come back to Tottenham? John. Well, yeah, I agree with you, mate. I mean, if he's available this summer, it's really, it's really tempting, obviously, because actually, if we are going to go through this like painful rebuild process, and it's a bit like when he came in the first time, so I can see a lot of logic as to why people think that makes sense. But I totally agree; it, it feels like he needs space, and I think, like realistically, that's like three or four years because it needs to almost like this team needs to fuck off, and he needs to come in with a, with a fresh team. Um, to look at and until we get to that point which like like we've said there's so many players that need to get churned that's going to take two or three seasons at least so yeah three three to four years I, I the, the thought of Poch coming back is fine it's just Jesus Perez coming back as well it's like it <laughs> turns my stomach it's like you're, you're beautiful ex-wife and you're thinking I actually made a mistake let me go back to her and then it brings his smelly little sweat stepson along with her and you're like not him like not him, so you and your tits, but not, not that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't want to. Do you know? I tell you what, he's not as bad as. That's the mentality. That's the mentality. It's not as bad as him. Like, what happened to him? Where's the ego? What? What? what how? How much do you think that that? You know? Do you know the geese I'm talking about? From yeah. No, who's this? Um, the guy um, in uh, All or Nothing when we beat Olympiakos, I think. We were two 0 down and we beat him four okay. two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he come back in. There was this weird little ball geezer who just like <laughs> clapping at Harry Kane, going, "That's the mentality. That's the mentality." In a kind of sort of a Spanish accent. And um, I was like, "Who is that guy? And how much is he earning to do that?" Do you know what I mean? How much is yeah. he like? We're you know we're, we're renewing us. Well, you guys are renewing your season tickets at the moment. Seven hundred, eight hundred, maybe a thousand pounds you're going to pay. And there's a geezer with a bald head in a purple tracksuit clapping vigorously at Harry Kane going, that's the mentality. How much did he earn? Yeah, I haven't renewed yet. I'm still just, I'm still, I'm just, I'm going to, but I'm just going to make him sweat. Yeah. Quite, if, if there's anyone listening to us can tell me the name of that guy. <laughs> let, let me know. If he's earning above 30 grand a year, I'll be fucking fuming. <laughs> Absolutely fuming. All right. That's been the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you so much, Bardi. Uh, uh, do you want to push your Patreon? 
um, sign up to the fi- uh, fighting con Patreon. <laughs> sign up to the extra in yeah, Patreon. I've, I've cut you off. <laughs> We've got loads uh, of nice videos. Um, subscribe to my newsletter, which is banging. Um, Windy does some pod- my boss Windy does some nice podcasts as well. But it's all about me and Nathan, really. Um, buddy, do you remember you used to write really lovely articles for the fighting cock? The reason why you're part of this and the reason why the extra ins exists is is because you're a part of the fighting cock. You all were once. Mm. I had a different job back then, Flav. I did my job in one and a half hours, and then I just spend the rest of the day thinking up stuff to try and impress you. And you did impress me, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and and that's why why you're a part of it. Like, what did Windy impress you? I'm not sure. No, you but you continue to impress me every day, Flav. I love you so much. It's been so nice to see your face. Hold on a second. Um, so you were saying that previously you had an hour and a half to do your job. You did it, yeah. and you'd write articles for the Fighting Cock. Yeah, now, and my blog. Now you've got and your blog. Now you've got a full-time job where you're working seven or eight hours and you still yeah. have time for the extra inch and the patron. Yes. I'm, I'm a good multitasker. I can do many things at once. Yeah, but you were saying about the year and a half, you had loads of time. Now you've got less time, but you're still doing it. So Yeah, I've improved. Okay. Right. John, thanks. Thanks. Are we, uh, we're going to see each other, aren't we, at the weekend for this protest? slash? I, th- I, I thought I was, but not now. Oh, you pied it. Well, because, why? Because you've Bardi, seen Bardi's, Bardi's upset me. Before. Bardi's upset me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, we are. We, we're going to um, we're going to go down and um, uh, get some sticks and some molotovs and great. Yeah. I'm going to burn a tire and throw it at the club shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to a pet shop and get loads of mice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're yeah. look, if if you're out there and you listen to us and you're fed up of Enoch, then there is a protest happening on the 15th of. Uh, where are we? Uh, May, and if you're, um, you know, if you want, you want to protest, and you want to, you know, stick it up. Is it fifteenth of May? Yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday. Yeah. So, so if, if you if you want to protest and you want to stick it up the club, then this is a great time to be. I'm I'm not sure what where I am with it at the moment. I'm not sure. Like I'm I'm gonna go down there and I'm I, I really like the idea of Spurs fans mobilising and 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 demonstrating because there are people in our fan base that are unhappy with the way things are going and if you're unhappy then you should do something you should do something you're doing something and mm. I, I really I, I rate that I really do even if I don't 100% agree I rate the fact that people out there just going you know what not happy let's actually do something because there's loads of people that just fucking whinge and moan and don't do fuck all so uh, yeah I'm going to go down there and have a look and um, and see what happens maybe I'll get caught up in the atmosphere and set fire to myself <laughs> like that Buddhist monk on the, on the front of the Rage Against the Machine album. It's just that, yeah. that'd be flab on the high street. Shame that was, wasn't it? Because it's commercialising a uh, a really poignant moment. Yeah, good album though. <laughs> Great album. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.